everybody, welcome back into Mining Stock Daily. Here's a corporate update for you that I have been really looking forward to uh, recording and producing and sharing with everybody. Uh, really, it was probably the exploration hit of the week thus far coming from E79 Resources. So this is a corporate update from E79 as long with a corporate introduction. Happy to welcome in Mr. Rory Quinn, who's the CEO and E79 trades on the CSE with the symbol ESNR. They also have an OTCQB listing with ESVNF. Uh, Rory, it's what a week for you. I'm sure it's just been a whirlwind. <laughs> it absolutely has, uh, Trevor. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you for the opportunity. Um, yeah, I mean, we um, got this uh, news last week, and I halted the stock on Thursday. Um, and then it has absolutely been uh, been a whirlwind uh, around the clock, and uh, not a lot of sleep and uh, marketing days uh, starting. Uh, I think my day started yesterday at 4:45 a.m. Calling IROC to uh, to see the release and have the geologist uh, read the release um, uh, so we could get back trading. Uh, and then uh, my first uh, uh, institutional marketing call uh, started at 5 a.m. this morning. Um, and then we were able to uh, agree to terms with Eric Sprott uh, today on uh, um, uh, on him coming in and, and, and finance helping to finance the company uh, to the tune of eight million dollars. And um, and so now we've uh, we've got uh, twelve million dollars uh, in the bank um, and, uh, and, and more than enough money for the foreseeable future. Um, uh, we've we've been we've been bootstrapping uh, this uh, thus far, and we already had four million dollars in the bank. And I've got uh, drilling cost of sub two hundred dollars an ounce. Uh, sorry, sorry, two hundred dollars a meter, um, all in. Um, so uh, yeah, um, we've uh, we'll, we're going to be able to do uh, a lot of drilling uh, with this money and, and really build out the team. So so we have a group um, and really the apparatus that's fit for purpose uh, to do what we want to do. Yeah, this uh, it really highlights the spirit of it, why people take such risks in mineral exploration. Uh, and just to review these results, Rory, uh, th- there was two holes that were re- released earlier this week. Uh, hole two returned just seven meters of ninety-nine grams per ton gold. Uh, great hit, re- you know, no matter what. But your hole three, uh, there was two intervals, six point six meters of 147 grams per ton gold. But really the big game changer was 11.1 meters of 160 grams per ton gold. And then there was uh, just over a half meter of 2,430 grams per ton gold. Your stock, uh, as we're speaking, is up about 265% on the week. And that is down from the high. So I'm sure, I think it was up at 300% one time within two days uh it's just really unbelievable and you know again talk about building to this point what was it about this myrtleford property in victoria australia that you saw that in 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 this big target what talk about the work that went into this target into this drilling uh, into these results okay um yeah i mean the prospectivity of this area of the world is really what draw, drew me to it. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll try to answer your question in a few different parts. So um, I got introduced to this uh, through my partner uh, on the project, who's our, our technical director. Um, and 
uh, also a director of the company, but he was also the vendor of the properties. His name is Martin Pavlicek. And he was on these properties in the 90s um, uh, with BHP and before they exited gold. And uh, he had uh, Beaufort and uh, parts of uh, Merleford. And, and it was with when uh, Kirkland Lake were proving out Fosterville and uh, into the Harrier Zone and then the Swan Zone and proving out what an ounce per ton reserve grade uh, there that he saw that Beaufort was open and then he worked to consolidate this Myrtleford uh, package. And um, at Myrtleford, uh, we, there's 70 historic gold mines on the property. Uh, it's uh, the area was responsible for about 5 million ounces of historic gold production. We tied up about say 70 to 80% of it. Virtually all uh, historic mining um, here stopped at the water table. This is this was done in the 19th century, so the the, the gold rush at the time, um, and so there were small syndicates doing doing this work, um, usually on small parcels of of, um, um, uh, of land uh, that they were working on, and uh, so no one had consolidated it as a whole and, and looked at it on a holistic basis and looked at the whole structures and done structural mapping um, and or, or done sort of soil sampling like we've been doing. Um, and so this is this a really quite a big property, 420 square kilometers. We have five corridors um, of historic gold mines um, uh, where, I mean, quite clear, distinct clusters of historic gold mines uh, in, in corridors um, that are highly interesting to us. Happy Valley sits within a seven kilometer uh, long corridor of historic gold mines in just one area of the property. Um, so that gives you a scale of kind of the opportunity here. But I, I think where what we've been seeing, uh, where we've been seeing the, the um, stock trade is really just based on Happy Valley. Um, and, and so some spectacular results, just like you said, the reason we, we went here was kind of a confluence of a, really a couple things. It was our lowest hanging fruit target and lowest hanging fruit from um, uh, sort of it being a, a, a really good geologic target, uh, but then also access. So the gentleman that, that put the drill program together and run, ran our drill program at, at uh, Myrtleford, he's a local, his name's Peter DeVries. And uh, he's a, a bit of a historian as well uh, of the area. It's obviously a, a, a rich in uh, gold mining history. Um, had access to uh, uh, historical archives and documents and sketches. And, and so was certainly aware of, of the mine at Happy Valley. Um, that produced at about an ounce per ton um, uh, historically. And, and crucially, where um, the known gold mining um, stopped at the water table. So in our, our first drill program uh, for the company is we, we drilled 60 meters or kind of intersected the zone 60 meters beneath the, uh, this known historic uh, gold mining. And we were in VG on our first hole. And that was, um, I think was it? I think it was 0.7. Um, 0.7, it turned out to be of, uh, meters of, of 99 grams per ton. And 
And then, which we didn't realize at the time, but we certainly felt very good being in, in visible gold in our first time. And people might have thought kind of beginner's luck and uh, wow, hot hole right off the bat. And and um, we certainly felt fortunate, but it was really the one that really got our attention was, was um, our second hole. And to give, uh, actually I'll back up a bit and give you a bit of context. Our first hole of the property was only went down 16 meters. Um, and we pulled it up because it wasn't at the right angle. So hole two is our first hole. Hole three was our second hole, if you follow. So hole three was when we we're into gold at 160-odd uh, meters down hole. And then 190 meters, we have the beginning of that really uh, impressive 11.1 uh, meters of 160 grams per ton. And within that, as you mentioned, there's, I mean, there's a, a section of 0.6 meters doing a lot of heavy lifting uh, across that 11 meters. Um, but I felt very comfortable reporting that as a headline 11 meters uh, for a few reasons. First of all, um, uh, first of all, that true width of that, as we noted in the release, is probably at about seven meters. And if you given given that uh, yeah I mean so uh, you have this this 2,430 meters you obviously can't go down 150 meters and mine 0.6 of a meter uh, in isolation um, and so you're going to take some waste with that and then and then the fact that we ended that section in gold of 174 grams per ton gold a meter of that a meter of 33 grams per ton, uh, um, and then a meter of, of 178 grams per ton gold, and it actually ending there. And I think that 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 is very interesting. And there's a reason there's a reason for that that it, it kind of ended there, and it's uh, uh, it's um, because um, we I mean, we wanted to get this to the lab as, as soon as possible, and so we expedited the visibly um, kind of mineralized rock and and some arsenopyrite. Uh, and pyrite, the sulfides on each side, and 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 sent it off to the lab. Well, obviously, if we'd have known that we'd have been in this type of material, we just would have expedited. I mean, multiple pallets and and got it all to the lab and expedited it all, right? I mean, at this point, it all seems a little penny wise and pound foolish uh, to to have only expedited some of it. Um, but now this week, this all of this material will be at the lab, so. We'll have more that that hole we reported down to 200 meters. That hole went down 400 meters, um, but not vertical. It went across across this um, um, sort of across where we project these veins to go at depth, right? So, um, so but there there'll be a lot more information around there that we'll be able to show with uh, and share with holes two and three, and then four to four and five have not been assayed, so. Hole two and three were drilled on the same, roughly the same azimuth, about two degrees apart. So same, same direction, but one, one about 60 meters below the historic workings, one maybe 120 to 140 meters below. The other two holes, hole four and five, were uh, step out to 50 meters along strike and then were uh, drilled in opposite directions. To give us to give us a sense of the orientation um, uh, and, and, and geology, so that's that's our phase one, 
and and so that was our phase one program. Um, to give you a sense, we we had we had the one drill rig. We wrapped up in uh, Myrtleford on a Friday, and we were drilling at, at Beaufort on a Monday. And we're now into our second hole at Beaufort. Um, yeah, do, do you want to do you want to get into? I've been talking for a while. Do you have any questions about Myrtleford, and then yeah. I can maybe give you a bit of an overview. Of yeah, Beaufort. I, I do. I do just want to follow up. Uh, so back in late April, you did put out a release talking about mm-hmm. there was visible gold in these in this core and obviously <laughs> it turned you know there was a lot of visible gold and turned out really mm-hmm. well the assays uh but with the parts of hole 3 that are still pending mm-hmm. do those parts of that core continue to have visible gold as well I mean, certainly within that hole we would have put the more visually stunning I mean that's the, we, I mean we wouldn't have, um, I mean, given the stuff that really stood out, uh, we wanted to focus on that first. So I, I'm not going to get into what other areas were mineralized. I would, I think we'll learn more about what kind of rock we're in. Right. Um, I'm, I, but that, I mean, I think we've given, we've got a pretty good indication of when we're in visible gold, we're in gold. Right. I mean, that's, it's funny. I think I've, I've commented a couple times where it's like, you were like, great, you've got visible gold, but that's not <laughs> right there. I mean, wait, let's wait for the assays. It doesn't always uh, um, uh, mean that you're in great material, but I mean, it, it certainly does uh, in, in this case, right? I mean, we've, uh, um, we've three meters of visible gold uh, was 170, uh, uh, what was it? I'm sorry, 126 grams per ton. And then the really gaudy looking stuff was 2,400 and uh, 30 grams per ton. So um, I think we've been in visible gold numerous times um, here on, on and, and certainly on these holes. And we've been there's been visible gold elsewhere as well. Um, so we'll we'll have to get a we'll, we'll have to get these assayed and and uh, I, and uh, that that will tell us a heck of a lot more. And but I mean, like I said, we weren't drilling where we knew there was going to be gold. Right? These are big swings. 50, 60 meter step outs, and 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 on, on the first two we've been in gold. So, um, uh, right. I mean, these they, uh, we 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 didn't. We may come back to this and and want to drill closer to where that that really high grade stuff was. I mean, obviously this it's only a pretty small diameter, uh, with nothing eighty and uh, nothing either side for eighty odd meters. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean that's that's um. Uh, yeah, we've. I mean, that's we have very limited information um, uh, down there with just uh, just that that big uh, monster hole. Um, but we'll. Uh, yeah, I mean, so and we could do that. Really, we've got a, a pad permitted there at Myrtleford that we can go back to once we've got all of the information that we want and and we plan uh, design a follow up drill program. We've got a pad permitted that we can drill. Um, into areas that we've uh, found, uh, this, discovered this high grade uh, at depth. Um, but yeah, we'll also want to uh, permit other pads and be able to hit, even come and hit this area from different angles. But then, but then uh, test a long strike as well. And, and like I said, we've got this. I mean, seven kilometers of, of, of these um, historical mines. Yeah, and so that that's a good point because the next question I ask is: Tell me about 
other targets, other priority targets you have here at Myrtleford. You obviously have a very large land package here uh, to explore. Uh, you found the needle in the haystack on the first go, uh, but it sounds like there's a lot of other uh, opportunities here. So show, tell us how you're going to show scale here um, mm. rather than just kind of focus on the tight areas of this of this first hit. Yeah, well, I mean, I think right off the bat, the first thing uh, that we would do is, is, is this seven-kilometer uh, corridor uh, that we're on at Happy Valley, right? Um, so that, I mean, that is a distinct corridor, um, of, of historic gold mines. We're, we're doing, uh, soil sampling there in that area. Uh, we'll be flying, uh, the area as far as, uh, understanding where we can, uh, access or where there might be existing tracks and not, so we don't need to permit new tracks. Um, and that will help, uh, uh should help with permitting, uh, new, uh, new pads. And um, and then we'll do structural geology work there also. So I think as we as we sort of move outwards from this 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 high grade that we've uh, intercepted, uh, we'll wor- work along this seven kilometers first. And then then there are there is another uh, in Myrtleford. There's another four real clusters of these historic gold mines of interest in, uh, to us, in particular the one um, furthest to the north. Um, I know uh, uh, with Martin, that was uh, um, the Happy Valley uh, area and the corridor, that seven-kilometer corridor, the one to the north were um, his two favorite areas on the property. And, uh, and, then, um, and then there's Beaufort, where we're drilling right now. Um, so why don't I tell you a little bit more about Beaufort? Yeah, yeah, uh, please do. Please do. So, so Beaufort, when I, we did the raise at, uh, we did a $6 million raise at 45 cent, no warrant, um, at November, close December 1st. Uh, I would suggest that most people bought it for Beaufort. Um, right. I mean, I think, I think certainly probably if people might have ascribed a 70% value to that and 30% to Myrtleford. Um, and, um, I would say that Martin was, uh, when people asked him like where, where he, what he thought, I mean, is, is, is 60, 40 is his favorite Beaufort. Uh, presumably, uh, he said at the time, no, it's probably 50, 50, um, that he really liked, uh, the prospectivity at, at Myrtleford. Um, but it's just the thesis at Beaufort was pretty, we understood pretty well. It's a much smaller property. It's only 120 square kilometers. Um, we had done quite a bit of targeting there. Myrtleford, aside from Happy Valley, was just wide open, right? And and we it was going to take a lot more work, a lot. Uh, and 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 then also uh, you're thinking about, well, gosh, we just want to we were just raising a few million here. We uh, we we we've got limited targets to prioritize, right? So so we had Happy Valley, and we had what we're doing at Beaufort. So at Beaufort is. Um, there's been a million ounces of alluvial gold produced at Beaufort, over a million ounces. Um, and that's an enigmatic placer. So that's uh, um, alluvial gold never sourced to hard rock. Um, uh, and that's enigmatic in that generally um, the meaningful gold deposits in, in Victoria, and we're talking about a well-endowed area, 80 million ounces of historic gold production, have been uh, alluvial uh, gold sourced back to hard rock, but it's enigmatic because it has not been sourced to hard rock. And um, there's um, 
Yeah, I mean, so so a million ounces of historical uh, alluvial gold production. Um, there, this was tended to uh, be mined, um, uh, and there's a, there's a in our deck there's a, a good image that sort of goes over the salient features of this on page nine, uh, or draw your t- reader's attention to, uh, and your listeners. Um, and there's, there's a fault that runs all the way through the property, uh, almost North South. It's kind of, of course, South, uh, South, Southeast, um, Northwest, or I should say Southeast. And, um, that, so that's the Navarre fault that runs for a couple hundred kilometers in the region known to host gold runs 20 kilometers through the property and is associated with a ridge um, through the property called the Camp Hill Range. And like I said, in the gullies of either side of this ridge is where uh, the alluvial gold tended to collect. And, there's, and then we've seen uh, nuggets in, in the gullies and, and then also on top of the ridge. And so the, allu- the, the old timers tended to chase this alluvial gold up the gullies uh, to the top of this ridge, and we actually see, uh, I mean, sh- shallow pits um, um, dug at the top. And they would have probably been looking for Ballarat-style uh, thick quartz veins, um, but they would not have found that. What, what They would have been in satellite. And so we're at, at Beaufort, we're really, we're looking for our sinopyrite. So we're looking for, um, uh, we're looking for refractory uh, type material. So they would not have been able to work with that um, then. Um, and they might have found nuggets and, and flakes, but they they would not have been able to uh, um, um, separate much of the gold. Um, it wouldn't really have worked with gravity, and so and this and then and, and then so that was that was then and then subsequently, really not much done as far as historical exploration on the property uh, until Martin and BHP picked up the area looking for an analog um, to Sukhoi log, this massive gold deposit in Siberia. Um, BHP syntaxated gold. Um, Placer Dome were on the property uh, in the early 2000s, and they were looking for something, and this was in the context of sub $300 an ounce gold, I think like $280 an ounce gold in, in, in the early 2000s. And then and they were looking for something a large, 10 million ounce plus, it was kind of their um, mandate and uh, open pitable only. So it mean placer uh, it, it gives you, uh, and so they're looking for plaster type material. And, um, and, and, and so that something, something easy and cheap to develop. And so they did kind of an odd program, uh, 250 meter by 500 meter grid rab drilling. So only down 50 to 60 meters in the weathered rock. So they didn't get down into the fresh rock, into the, the sulfides, arsenopyrite. And, um, and they recommended a follow-up program of 150 meters, uh, but uh, doing, uh, subs- I mean, uh, uh, suppressed the gold price, uh, through in the towel. Um, and, and really other than that, nothing substantial. So this will be the first time ever, um, that, that, um, a company is doing a systematic, uh, uh explore- modern exploration program. Uh, on the property. And so we did a hundred meter grid soil sampling and developed this gold arsenic antimony lead anomaly, two kilometers long that sits right on structure uh, on, on, on the Navarre fault. Um, And the gold arsenic antimony is the 
kind of the, this classic Pathfinder element suite that you look for in Victoria for bedrock gold mineralization. And we actually, it's actually um, gold arsenic antimony lead, which is very, very similar to the geochemical signature at Fosterville itself. Um, and so we had that sitting right on structure. Uh, and within that, we did, we then increased the resolu- resolution to a 25 meter uh, grid soil sampling. And so that increased the resolution and picked the highest gold anomalies within uh, within that suite, and that that provided us with four targets. So we uh, we'll have four pads uh, at Beaufort, uh, all permitted, and we're on our second hole now. Um, so so we've been drilling there. I think we'll likely have time to finish up phase one drilling uh, at Beaufort. Um, um, if we want to move that rig back to, to, to Myrtleford, it is, um, like I said, it's relatively easy to redeploy back to, uh, back to Myrtleford. Uh, it's only a few hours, maybe four hours away by road. Um, uh, and, uh, and, and we can do that, but we, we are going to work. Uh, we've been systematic and methodical about how we drill, uh, thus far. And we're not going to change that because of these results or because we have more money, um, and uh, and and so we'll we'll work to fully understand uh, hole two and three at Myrtleford, four and five, and then we'll design a follow up uh, program. Yeah, uh, they really led to a game changing experience for E seventy nine these first couple of drill holes, and so obviously you're going to have a, what looks like to be about twelve million dollars in the bank after this latest round of financing, which was announced uh, just after those big asset results the day following. Uh, I do want to ask you about a little bit about the uh, about the kitty there for E79. Um, we, we know how much money you should have in the bank when this is all said and done. I do see you have been quite the buyer of your own stock here in the last couple of months, uh, and I just wanted to get a sense of from you if you will be participating in this financing as well. It's, uh, I, I'm, I'm not in this. Really, this wasn't open to anyone else uh, other than Eric, Eric Sprott. Right? We, we were um, um, look at look, he, he's, he's uh, obviously demonstrated uh, that he's one of the. Well, I mean, I'm not, not sure if there's a better, better gold uh, investor in the world uh, than Eric. Uh, and, and he's uh, he look, he spent some time with Eric. Uh, he, I think, has developed a keen understanding of the group. Uh, that we have here and of the property and of the opportunity. Um, and uh, look, I think if, if um, um, Eric, Eric's brought uh, the exact, exactly the kind of money um, and the kind of shareholder you want in, in, a, um, in a story like this, uh, patient money that really understands uh, what we're trying to accomplish. Um, and so really this, this, this financing was only open to Eric. We, we weren't going to do a bought deal. We, we, we were in no urgency. Uh, to raise money, um, right, with four million dollars uh, in the bank, and and we're used to bootstrapping this and 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 being quite conservative uh, with our our plans and our spending. So, um, so with uh, yeah, I mean that's that, that's that's why we did that. So no one that there's a, this was the bus was driven by Eric um, um, on this and uh, um, was was done uh, expressly for Eric. Uh, who else are some of your major shareholders here? Um, there would be, um, uh, commodity, commodity fund out of, uh, Europe. I'm probably butchering uh, that name. Um, uh, it's not resource, com- is it resource commodity fund. 
Um, uh, it's been a long day. Uh, but then uh, Palos uh, <laughs> were in there. I know U.S. Global have, have, have been in there. Um, I mean, there's insiders own, own a substantial amount, right? My, I mean, myself, uh, the folks uh, on the board. So, I mean, maybe so that right now a float of maybe 30 million shares. Uh, right uh, between yeah. uh, between between myself, um, uh, the chair, uh, the other folks on the board um, and th- that have, have bought the stock as well and, and own the stock and 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 I mean so uh, and I think ev- everyone believes in in the story and uh, and where uh, where it could go. So yeah, I don't think uh, I'm I'm certainly not uh, uh, interested in selling my shares. So. <laughs> <laughs> Very good, uh, Roy. I really appreciate your time. Congratulations. We I let this conversation go a little bit long. We typically don't go this long, but there was a lot to cover uh, because of this great drill results or these great drill results that you released. But also, just wanted to get a better understanding of the company and really what you are working on down there in Australia. So this is a really well-rounded introduction, not only to the company. But really an important um, aspect of what these drill results have can really do for exploration companies throughout the industry. I mean, that's really why we are in this spot, uh, you know, the, the degenerate type of places that we are in because these are the things we live for, especially when it comes to uh, investing and speculating, isn't it? Yeah, no, well, well said. Yeah. Okay, Rory, uh, again, appreciate your time. Congratulations, and uh, look forward to catching up with you again, hopefully maybe later this fall, and see more drill results come out. Great. Thank you very much for the opportunity. It's great chatting with you and and your listeners. That's Rory Quinn. He's the CEO of E79 Resources. Just reported one of probably the best gold drill intercepts of the year, folks. They trade on the CSE with the symbol ESNR and also on the OTCQB with ESVNF. The information presented should not be considered investment advice. Mining Stock Daily and its affiliates are not responsible for any loss arising from any investment decision in connection with the material presented herein. Please do your own research or speak with a licensed financial representative before making any investment decisions.